1: Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool, and when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, Scott. Hey, James.
0: What do we got today? Um, Today, we're going to talk about something that is horrible. (laughs) People are going to want to turn this off. I'm just kidding. You don't want to turn it off. We're going to talk about how budgeting sucks, so you shouldn't do that, and you should do this instead.
1: Yeah, we were talking about the format of the show just just a second ago. I'm like, what, what do we phrase this question as? Is it, how, is it how to budget? Is it what should I do to budget? I think we agreed that let's just call it budgeting sucks. Do this instead.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's let's dive into this because uh, cash flow or the money that you guys make—that's either coming through investments or you're earning it is the lifeblood of your personal financial life. And yet most of us spend virtually no time paying attention to what we're actually doing with it.
1: And by cash flow, you mean like monthly income, what I'm earning from a paycheck or whatever.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Where are we putting the money that matters to us? um, And are we doing it mindfully? So Mm -hmm. let's let's just construct a really simple way for you listeners to go through an exercise and get a sense of where your money's going and what would you possibly want to change?
1: Yeah. And, and why does it Because I agree with you. Budgeting does suck. And what are the the, the main pitfalls I mean, first see of with all, budgeting? Why does budgeting just, suck when just we say that?
0: Budgeting sounds negative to me. When I hear the word budgeting, I kind of go like, ugh,
1: I don't want to do that. And
0: I think most people feel that way. How about you?
1: It, I agree. Now, there, there's it sounds like something you don't want to do because it's painful. But I think the reason it's painful is because people approach it the wrong way. And I think well, we want to approach it, to your point, a well, better way.
0: Which is why we're not going to call it budgeting and we're not going to do it in the way of budgeting. Because uh, to me, like if you've ever tried it, like I've tried it with my wife. Hey, let's see if we, let's see how much we want to spend. Okay, let's let's just spend X number of dollars going out to restaurants next month. And then the end of the month comes and you go look at it and you're normally like you feel pain because you go, oh, I spent more than I meant to. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, well, we'll change it next month. And then you don't, but nothing changes. Nothing And changed. so then same you go thing. do it again, and it's it, it's insanity to, yeah. to try to do budgeting that way. In my opinion, it doesn't work for most people. Mm-hmm.
1: What's a better way to approach Because I, I get the same thing. You look at your budget, and what most people do is they give some someone arbitrary numbers of how much they want to spend on dining out or entertainment or whatever it is with the best intentions. Then the end of the month comes around, and they realize they blew way past that yep. because it's easy to run up a credit card balance or whatever it may be and spend not being mindful about it. Yeah. And next thing you know, your budget's busted.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about this. So I'm, I'm going to give a uh, shout out to um, First Step Cash Management. It is a tool that I use within my practice. Um, you don't need this to do go through this process. We'll explain to you how it works. But... Um, I think it was Marty Kurtz and some other guys over at the planning center started this, and it's great. And also, it's called First Step Cash Management for a reason. The first step to getting your finances in order is paying attention to what you're doing with your cash, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So let's break this down really simplistically. Any, You guys can do this on a sheet of paper. You can do it on a Google Sheet or an Excel doc. You just need basically three uh, columns And the columns are, the first one uh, is what we call the stat. So think of it this way, actually. Back up for a second. Most of us get paid and our money goes into one checking account. And that's where we put all, all of our money goes through that one checking account and then we're done. Right? And then we maybe run up a credit card and we look at it at the end of the month and we're either happy or not. Sound fair? Sounds fair. Okay. So instead of thinking of our money going into one account, our one big checking account, let's just break out where we put our money into three buckets or three columns on a sheet of paper. Static is going to be fixed expenses that aren't going to change in the future, right? So stuff that's going to go in there, your rent, your mortgage, your student loans, your insurance premiums, property taxes, utility bills. Maybe you have a nanny or a daycare. Maybe you're sending your kid to preschool car loans make sense any recurring stuff that's
1: kind of fixed each month yeah subscription fixed payments and
0: one way to think about that is it's it's typically a past commitment right like you've committed to doing this Mm -hmm. unless you go through some hoops it's probably not going to change easily Mm -hmm. so it's it's a fixed past expense
1: and you know what that number is going to be this month and next month and the month after for the most part yes um as far as
0: uh, the next bucket that we use is called control, um, think of that as living present life. So like for James and his wife, Ashlyn, the two of them living present life in Encinitas, just a week of life. So outside of those static, those fixed expenses that we're already, they're already paying, what do they need to live a week of life? Now, those things are varied in expense and in timing, right? Like you don't get a haircut every week, mm-hmm. but you still get haircuts. Mm-hmm. I can tell. Well, maybe I need your more hair looks good. No, you don't week. need a Thank haircut you. yet. Um, you, I know, like to go to CrossFit, mm-hmm. right? That's going to probably be in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys, I'm guessing, eat. We eat, right? We go to coffee shops. Yeah, we you go might, to see go, might go out <laughs> and do things. Like, what does it cost to live like a week of life at
1: home? Right, right. So the things that aren't aren't commitments. I'm not committed to going to the coffee shop tomorrow morning with Ash, and I'm not committed to going out to dinner on Friday night. But the things that I'm going to be spending regularly on, but there's no commitment. Absolutely. To
0: do so. And so then in the third bucket, um, they call it, uh, in in first step, it's called the dynamic bucket. You can think of that as the future. So planning for the expected or unexpected components of your life. So things that could go in there, maybe an emergency fund if you don't have one, right? Saving for vacations. Maybe you want to save for a down payment on a home. Um, If you're a W-2 salaried person, I would suggest you just use your net pay, coming off of your paycheck. So whatever hits your bank account, that times how either 26 or 24 or 12, depending on how many times you get paid in a year, rolls up to an annual amount, make turn that into a monthly amount, and then use that amount to fill up these three buckets. Mm -hmm. All right. So more than likely, if you're a salaried employee, your 401k and your taxes aren't going to be built into these three buckets. We're just going to make it simple for you. Right. Pay attention though, mindfully, think back to uh, you know, on a different episode at a different time, what should you be saving for retirement? Right. <laughs> right. And it's not really for this exercise. Um, if you are a, a 1099 contractor, a small business owner, I would just build all of your expenses into this system. So your tax quarterly estimates are going to get built into static payments then, yeah. right? The, all those types of things. But then just the whole goal at the end of it is that you've mindfully taken all of your income
1: gets mindfully allocated to all three buckets. Right? Does that make sense? It does. And so just to summarize, you got the static bucket, you've got the control bucket, and you've got the dynamic bucket. And people are like, okay, well, wh- why why buckets? Why not just one checking account? You know, just to back up a little bit. I think the reason is when you see that money coming in that you don't know how much that's going to rent or the mortgage or to groceries or to entertainment or to whatever it may be. Absolutely. And so when you see it all there, it's easy to spend it, not really knowing, okay, where's my money going each month. Right. And before you know it, you spent, and then the big payments coming up for insurance or a car payment or whatever it may be. So by doing this, what you're doing is you're essentially, you're having more control over where you see your money. It's, it's, it's almost like you put money into the first bucket, which is called the, Static well, bucket. Yeah, but
0: just, let's just call them past, present, and future.
1: Past, present, Let's make future. it really
0: simple, right? So the, this is exactly the point, right? People come in. Uh, I used to have, I don't do it right now, but I used to have people come in and I, one of the questions I would ask them before I met with them was, how much do you spend on a monthly basis? And what I realized when everyone goes through this process is everyone is, most people, and I'm, I'm going to be included in this, are wildly off on what we spend. On the high because side, or the low side. They, we always spend more than we think. Wildly underestimate how much we spend. Yeah, yeah it's it there. And I'm okay. I'm not going to say that there aren't people who aren't going to get it right, and maybe even spend less because those people exist. But I'm just saying, on average, mm-hmm. most people spend more than they think. I agree with that. And so this is really a mindful in this exercise to figure out where's my money going, and do I want to make any changes? Right. Like if if you realize that you're spending a ton of money on your housing costs, and you want to be spending more time. Going having experiences with your kids while they grow up, well, you have a choice to make, a couple of choices to make actually, right? One way is you could just make more income mm-hmm. or you could change your fixed expenses, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just, it creates an exercise where people can look mindfully at what they're doing with their money and choose to make some changes.
1: Yeah. And the biggest thing for me when I implemented this personally, and I, I call it slightly different things, but I think the principle is still, still the same Is I'm going to butcher this, but the, the Pareto Principle is, and usually I use it from a time management perspective of, of, you can probably help me out here, but time expands to the amount allotted to it. Like yeah. Something like that. You know, it's the concept of if you have a project due tomorrow, you're going to get that project due tomorrow. Right. If that project's due a month from now, you're not going to get it done till the day before it's it's actually due. Yes. And so time expands to the amount we give it to it. Well, the same thing happens with money. We spend what we have. You know, if, if we only have $100 to spend, we're going to find a way to just spend $100 and get things done. Yeah,
0: this is where this, this process really helps if people are willing to take the steps necessary to make it work. So here's, here's the concept. You, you, and, um, you and your wife go look through and you fill up your past, present and future buckets mm-hmm. and then you ask yourself some questions. You, you, you look at it and go like, well, I mean, is this, is this ideal for us? Is this really what we want to be doing? If you know you want to take more vacations and you need more vacation budget, how are you either going to increase your income or change something else in your life to make that happen, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And most people go like, oh, yeah, I'll just choose to spend less on going out to eat or something like that. And I'm like, cool, do that. But you probably need to change the way that you're paying for all of those weekly expenses. Mm -hmm. Most of us use a credit card for weekly expenses. Mm -hmm. And we use a credit card because we get points. How many, how many if I spend a hundred dollars on average, how many points does that afford me back in dollar terms? One. One two. to two. Yeah. Right? So people will always come in and be like, but but I get all these points. I don't want to use a debit card for my normal weekly spend. And the reason that you want to switch is because that extra hundred dollars that you spent at target translated to two dollars of points for your travel when you could have had a hundred for travel if you just hadn't spent the extra right. Hundred bucks at Target. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. So the if you really want to be mindful about this, what you do is your control buckets. You set up separate checking accounts, and you give yourselves a weekly amount from your main checking account, and that's what you live your life on. Mm -hmm. If you want to, I'm not saying you have to, because some people don't want to do it, and some people. It's too much. They feel like it's too much for them to do. But if you want to be really, really mindful and really knock out your financial life quickly, do that. Or if you want to take the opposite effect, which I think is also just as impact, can be as impactful, anything that's in the dynamic bucket, future that you want to save for, you guys want to do another, let's say you want to do a big trip to Europe next Mm -hmm. year. Well, if you need to save 10 grand, then you should be putting $830 a month into a savings account. So automate that. And if at the end of the month you can't pay your bills with everything else and you have to go take from your savings account, go talk to your wife about how you guys can't take that nice trip to Europe and instead you have to stay in a hospital. Yeah, something will need to change. see if you right. guys want to change anything, right. right? So you don't have to get really the, – the, to me, budgeting is about minutiae and judging yourself too much, whereas this method is about really getting at the core of what matters most to you, automating those things, and then making iterative changes along the way.
1: Yeah. And I think to me, the biggest thing personally that's helped is that this method shows us how much we actually have to spend on discretionary expenses. You know, say 5,000 comes in in a month. If I don't do this and if everything just goes into one checking account, it looks like I have $5,000 to spend. Totally. I don't have $5,000 to spend. I got to pay rent. I got to pay insurance. I got to pay the cell phone bill. I got to pay the gym memberships. And at the end of the day, maybe I have $1,000 to spend. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, by doing this, I would have put 4000 into the ch- into the checking account, the bucket, that's going to cover rent, gym memberships, insurance, et cetera. And I would see that the other checking account only has 1000 in it. Yep. So as I'm spending, I know that I'm limited to that instead of the full bigger amount that I'm going to have a tendency to spend if it's there. Agreed. So it's just helping you to control for what's actually there that you can spend and what's actually there and will be spent for you. But you better not go spend that on something else because then you're going to. Come up short somewhere else.
0: Yes, and I actually love what you just said because if you notice, when we talked about the buckets on the first way through, I said to you that your CrossFit membership would be a control expense, but you went and put it into your 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 past your mm-hmm. static expenses, yeah. and that's the whole point of this. Is this is a framework for couples to come together and decide what matters most to them. Right. And like if going to the gym or going to yoga or going to pilates is a part of what makes you you and if you don't do it you're not going to be you, well then it's probably a static expense, mm-hmm. right? So so it's really just giving you the framework to do that. Like I know some some clients will buy clothes twice a year. So they save for it in a savings account and then they go buy the clothes. Mm-hmm. And then I know like in our family we have the Amazon and stuff's coming to our house almost daily with two little boys at home, right? So it just needs to be built into your week. Mm -hmm. So different families choose to build things differently. And that's what I love about this is once you do it and you know what you want, then you go automate it at the bank and then you make changes to that automation. You just make iterations knowing that this is art, not science, and you're not supposed to get this right perfectly
1: the first time. Extend yourself some grace and figure it out. Totally agree. And, and and when I do this with my wife, we actually have more than three accounts. We were talking about this before, but we have these three accounts, and then we have like a James Fun account and an Ashland Fun account. Yeah. And she has total permission to go do whatever she wants with that. If it's skincare, if it's yoga class, if it's new clothes, I'd, I... Don't I'm happy for her. Go spend on whatever she wants to. Yeah. And, and she doesn't need to come on, to me and say, Do mm-hmm. I can I buy this? Nor do I need to go to her and say, Can I buy this with my fund account? And so you can I'm a huge fan of that for the sanity of families.
0: Yeah. Figure out what, how, what amount it is that each of you gets. And honestly, the diff- they are different parts of your life. Someone might need more for a certain part of their life than the other. Nothing wrong with that either. Right. But just so long as you guys have your own. And then if you need to go out and above and beyond that, then have a
1: conversation about it. Right.
0: But yeah, I, I like to label those um, like James Gone Wild.
1: James Gone Wild, yeah.
0: Yeah, like you can do whatever you want with this, man. Like, <laughs> And if you want to save it up for you know four weeks so you can buy a surfboard, Go for it. Yeah, no,
1: Vespa's the next big purchase, I think. So the James Gunn Wild Fund's saving up for a Vespa.
0: I think you got to go electric bike, man. You think so? Yeah, wait. Vespa is like so, yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't know, man.
1: Well, maybe. I drove over to your office, though, and you're right in this perfect location by Moonlight Beach and parking's tough. Oh, you got to get the electric bike. You you need the, well, Vespa is the The, same thing. The electric bike's where it's at. I know. The James Gunn Wild Fund wants a Vespa, not an electric bike. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's,
0: I think this is a really good framework for this um i hope you guys get it if you have any questions let us know um yeah anything else you want to add for for today's
1: episode no i think that's it i'm 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 looking over this again i think that's about it is by distinguishing and having clear cut different accounts it actually gives you visibility over what you can spend in your budget and what's already being spent just based on past commitments i
0: actually do have one other thing i want to add for for the dynamic buckets Um, savings accounts are basically free online, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, first of all, two things on that. One is if you're saving for something longer term, using an online savings account where you actually get a decent interest rate, it's probably worth it. So, you know, places like um, Ally Bank or American Express or Marcus or places like that, that'll give you whatever the Fed, you know, the short term rate is basically, or a little bit less than the short term rate. Um, But Outside of that, savings accounts are normally free. So gamify this for yourself if you want to, right? Like if you want to have, uh, if you want to like make sure you can travel to see your your family back in the Midwest, and you also want to go to Europe next year. Those are technically two different vacations for two different reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, switch them up. Like have have more than one savings account. Yeah. Right. Like, you can have you can have as many savings accounts as you want. Um, and gamify it for yourself. And then that way, if you do overspend one month and you have to go take away from something, you're like, ooh, what am I taking away from? Yeah,
1: it makes it real for you. Yeah. And I I think that's a good point. One thing uh, that I think is also important to mention is before I was doing this, I was just at Chase Bank, which is a great bank, but they have minimums of how much you need in each checking account. And Mm -hmm. I just mentioned that I opened up more than three accounts. You know, I have the the fixed monthly expenses, the Mm -hmm. James Fund, the Ashland Fund, the Travel Fund, the car purchase. So I have several different accounts that's not going to fly at Chase when I need a minimum amount in each one. So sometimes if you're going to take that approach, which maybe not many people will, but I did, I went, in to went to a credit union just because there's zero fees, zero minimums for those accounts and just made it a lot easier.
0: Which that's a good option. And the other option there, if you're going to keep some emergency cash sitting in checking accounts anyway, if you're going to keep like five grand in a checking account, you could just have it... Diversify it amongst three, yeah, and then you drop. You know, you're still getting your fifteen hundred minimum. Just realize that they're taking that money and earning interest on it, or they're charging you for it. It's one or the other.
1: Yeah, no, and I and I started that way. And for a lot, for most normal people, that probably works. I'm kind of weird. If the money, I want the money in each account. I want it to beat your for each account. You know, so instead of having a couple you're, thousand. you a planner I I'm pl- I've got a weird mind, so don't listen to anything I say, Scott. <laughs> your, your advice is going to take it from no, here.
0: Well, when they see you on the Vespa, they'll be asking
1: your questions <laughs> in no time. All
0: right, man. Uh, I think that's where we're going to leave it for today.
1: But um, anything else? No, that sounds good. Great. Very good. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode number 16 of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. I wanted to take some time real quick and just say thank you to everyone who's already left a review and subscribed to our podcast. We really appreciate that. It's helping more and more people to find our podcast. So thank you to everyone who has left that review. If you are listening and have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so. And if you're listening and enjoying the show, please leave us a review. Like I said, it helps more people find the podcast and we really like to know what you all are thinking of it. Finally, if you have a question you would like for us to answer on a future episode, please head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co and there will be a section on each page where you can ask your own question that Scott and I will answer on a future episode. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.